We are the tide from the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the Big Sky Conference. Watch out, cause here comes the silver and gold. Club for the Vandals of Idaho. Welcome back, Tribe from the North, Brave and Bold, to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and the Vandal Affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chris Hammond, and with me today, I have the Professor Brian Marceau. How are you doing, Brian? We finally got a football game to talk about, man, so I'm doing fantastic. And Alex the Boat Boatman. Cheers. And running the show from the shadows, producer Dammer, how are you today? Dallas Hammer. Matthew Stafford has been my quarterback for a week now, so I am on top of the world. (laughs) And for those of you watching us live on YouTube, welcome. Patrick, we see you already in the comment section. Appreciate the support as always. For those of you catching us tomorrow, because we're not going live uh, on Tuesday um, on the podcast forum we appreciate you guys still keeping this podcast podcast um but what what's going on boatman was telling us before we went on air something about pro football talk simulators yeah pro football focus free draft simulator uh i was put onto it by by coach lloyd hightower uh he's a big ravens fan and i'm a big steelers fan so i've spent the last hour and a half trying to figure out how in the hell the Steelers can get Najee Harris somehow in the second round. And uh, that's been my whole focus. Uh, so what Football round you focus take- draft simulator, just Google it, select your team, select randomness. You'll spend hours because I think the draft's next month, right? Am I, am I right in yeah. saying that? End of April, wow. I believe. Yeah. Uh, End of so April. my question is what, what round mm-hmm. are you taking Christian Ellison? Are you letting us keep him for the fall? I'm letting us, we, we got to hold on to that for as long as we can. All right. We're <laughs> trying to make the playoffs here. Okay. Uh, do that. Keep, uh, keep numero uno in, in Moscow as long as possible. Yeah. Yep. You take him over Jake Constantine. You do a trade up to where no. you get back to back picks in the first round. And you go one where, and two. I mean, I'm taking Jake Constantine as, as fast as possible. And it would not be a Tubbs of Club show without mentioning Jake Constantine in the first yeah. two He's and a half the- minutes. Yeah, is my he is the number one draft pick in the developmental league for the XFL. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we want to thank our sponsor as always, Montucky Cold Snacks. Ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky Cold Snack. Ultra refreshing light beer born in majestic Big Sky Country. Best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky Cold Snacks donates eight percent of all profits back to local causes, even right here in Idaho. Sporting organizations like the CW Hogs and the Idaho Food Bank. Yeehaw, that's freaking awesome. Montucky Cold Snacks, Light American Lager for Pow Pow Rippers, Gator Wranglers, Pony Riders, and Badass Do-Gooders. Visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today to find out how to get yes. some snacks around the bar. Brought to you by Hughes River Expeditions. Idaho playing Southern Utah for our senior night uh in the dome last home game of the year uh last meeting was october 20th 2018 which is actually just like no it was two seasons ago uh we won 31 12 uh that was Mm -hmm. the year after southern utah looked pretty good so you know we'll see uh southern utah is one and two currently as i like to famously say they're eight seconds away from being three and oh uh they had two last second losses one to nau 
uh, on a walk-off touchdown, literally 0-0-0 touchdown pass by Keandre Wooty, and then Idaho State, a game-winning field goal. So the Thunderbirds, frisky, surging, whatever the favorite BSPN take is on the T-Birds, that's what they are. Any any thoughts from the team here, Brian? I know you're a huge, huge T-Birds fan. <laughs> I man, I think the Thunderbirds are really kind of the Rorschach test of how you feel about this season, because I know we used to joke about them, you know, losing to NAU who looks terrible, and then losing to Idaho State. But then when Idaho State hung with Eastern Washington, I feel like that may, I think that col- colored a little bit differently how we look at at what Southern Utah is. And they did beat Cal Poly, you know, only by 10, but they were, of course, in control that game early. You know, they didn't put the UC Davis 78 or 79, wherever that was on them. But uh, Southern Utah certainly controlled the Cal Poly game. So now I'm left here thinking, I I still don't know how to sort, to sort Southern Utah. I think maybe they're the best of the bad teams, mm. which means it's important for Idaho to beat them. But this... This was a game three weeks ago. I would have picked Idaho to walk away with, and I'm, I'm, I think this is. There's a good chance, Chris, that this is a pretty close game. Yeah, I, man, I mean, Boatman, what what are your takes on on the T Birds? Uh, I mean, they're hard to read. Uh, you know, I I do still think we do see the the disparity um, one through four, five through eight in this conference. Um, and after seeing what UC Davis just did to Cal Poly, <laughs> makes me realize how big that disparity is. I mean, I mean, Idaho's defense let up a lot of yards, but man, we didn't let 70, 70 something get dropped on us, right? That UC that UC Davis offense did to Cal Poly and, and Cal Poly Southern Utah. That official one score game was like a ten point game. It wasn't. It's not it like, like it, twelve. It's not like, yeah, yeah. It's not like Southern Utah blew them out, right? You know. Um, well, they let them crawl back into it, but they were blowing yeah. them out. It was like what thirty-one right. and at halftime. I, mean, I mean, I still think I still think we should rightly be favored, and, and you know, um, this is a game that Idaho Idaho should win, right? It's not like it's a. I don't think it's going to be a gimme. I still think NAU and I think NAU and um, Cal Poly maybe the worst teams in the conference, um, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I still think we should win, right? It's the Southern Utah team's kind of hard to get a read on. I think people are really surprised Idaho State kind of put that such a fight to Eastern. Um, I think that's more indicative on shows you where Eastern's at than it does, and where Idaho State's maybe not as bad as we thought. And people ranking Eastern at eleventh in the country, I think, are are, are way off too. So yeah, yeah right. I agree like, with that. <laughs> so the polls this year have been oh, they're insane. for the most part. I think it's because there's. There's just not a lot of teams, so there's, like, too much movement. Uh, I don't want to get on a t- whole tangent, but, yeah, the polls, like, been a mess all year. Uh, I mean, Monmouth was in it to, what, this week, and they still hadn't mm-hmm. played a game. Like, <laughs> right? what a yeah, weird year. Um, yeah. But yeah. Dude, a couple of things really quick, though, with SGU. I mean, this is just to buttress our points of SGU is a weird team to read. They are just dead center in the big sky right now with mm-hmm. a decent amount of their stats. If you look at their scoring offense, number four. Scoring defense, they're number five. Total offense, number five. Total defense, oh, number three. So, like, a slight move. But a ton of, like, the big stats that we would look at to try to decide, to try to, like, purse out 
who is who's good or who's strong in what ways. Southern Utah is just kind of dead center in almost mm-hmm. everything, and you can't like you can't write out that Idaho's objectively played a way tougher schedule than Southern Utah has right now. But Southern Utah also like look they they like Chris says they could easily be three and zero, but they're also not three and zero, and they're all like the, their losses were close games against two of the teams we shouldn't think that that highly of. But I, I mean, I'm, I get my, I really think of Southern Utah as the best bad team right now, which is part of why I think this is game is going to be way more important for Idaho now than I thought it would have been week one. Yeah. Uh, Dallas, what are your kind of your, your takes on the, the T-Birds? So I'm kind of in the middle of writing the big damn preview for this week, and this is a matchup nightmare for Idaho. This team scares me. Um, I do think they are the best of the bad teams in the conference, and I don't think that I don't think they're better than Idaho. But the matchup scares me. Uh, Justin Miller and their passing offense have has been pretty outstanding. They have a handful of receivers with double digit receptions. Uh, one guy's got nine receptions, but five touchdowns. Like they. They throw the ball pretty well. Uh, defensively, they lead the league in sacks. And the two things that Idaho, I would say, is weakest with is the offensive line and the secondary. And if we're going to go up against a team that admittedly has put up numbers against some of the worst teams in the conference, that's that's kind of nerve-wracking for me, just looking at it, doing initial research. This isn't a, a great matchup for Idaho. Hmm. Yeah, which you, you kind of – Great transition for the rest of us into our next point. Um, Southern Utah, are they going to be a threat or a doormat, Brian Marceau? Man, I, I just wish this was a simpler time before we played a single game when we could just laugh about SUU and say, like, yeah, they're going to the whack. We don't care about them. Remember where their consensus bottom in the power rankings almost? Yeah, dude, dude <laughs> fast forward to now. Right. Uh, Southern Utah wins the big sky in basketball and – they they have you know a quarterback who to me you know hey uh, spoiler alert I picked their I picked Justin Miller as the best new quarterback we've seen so far ten touchdowns one interception seventy two percent completion percentage but I I'm not going to call him a doormat so I guess I'm going to call him a threat not a threat to win the league but they are certainly a threat to ruin someone's playoff chances yeah. i.e. us which I'm not trying to jump to the picks yet but. If there's a sick, I mean, Chris, you you called UC Davis as your um, as your game Idaho is going to have a weak outing against. I'm kind of freaked out about this SU game now because SUs look good again against. Teams. But I mean, no, everyone knows I we don't know what to expect out of Idaho because we just had COVID run through the program, so we we don't know what we're going to be missing, and SUU certainly hasn't had that happen, so. Are they a doormat? No, not not this season. They're not a doormat. I'm, uh, I'm just yeah. I'm going to call them a threat to upset someone's season early. Bowman, I, I think they could be a threat. I think, man, this. I think it could be a threat. It, and if I if I had to guess, you know, it, it's so tough. Um, I remember the last time we did play them in the dome in 2018. Uh, we killed them, right? That was one of our few games. We we put up a lot of points and we didn't give up a whole lot. Homecoming. And that game could that game could uh was that homecoming that year? That game that could be exactly the same thing that we could see this weekend, right? Like like it's not with out of my mind in terms of the realm of possibility. Um 
Cade Coffey an 80-yard punt in that game, or I felt like 80 yards because I was dead when I got back to the sideline. Um, you know, I, I think they could be a threat, but I also I also do think the last time we saw this Idaho team, um, they left the field disappointed, right? I, yeah. I wouldn't. And usually an Idaho disappointment game is usually an Idaho big win. It's sometimes followed with an Idaho disappointment game, which is then followed right back by getting on another on a win streak and taking care of someone we should take care of. So that seems pretty uh, pretty well within the realm of possibility for this Vandal team. And, and maybe um, even though we had COVID issues and we haven't played, it could have kind of allowed some guys to maybe take a step back and let coaches take a step back. And sometimes when you're in those week, just week-to-week battles, you just kind of lose sight of a bigger picture and you kind of might not get a focus on so, some things. The, the Paul Petrino I know spent two weeks probably watching every single snap three times over from our last two games, figuring out what we did wrong, how we can change it, and also probably watching every single snap from this every Southern Utah game so far this season how to, and figuring out how to beat them. Um, so – I think this we could have we could use these last two weeks as a, as a way for us to maybe make some improvements and kind of kind of look at what we had what we had wrong. So yeah, it could be a threat, but I mean, I actually kind of like us to get a good bounce back this week. Yeah. So I, I was listening to the I, I think Southern Utah is a threat, regardless of what I'm about to say. I think the way they had played this year. I know it sounds like we're just doing this, so you guys stay tuned all the way to the end. But uh, no, I mean seriously, the team. I I joke, but they are. Seriously, eight seconds away from being three and zero, and this conversation is completely different. If it is, at the end of the day, they didn't. But if if they did, if that pass against NAU was incomplete, if that field goal is missed by Idaho State, we're sitting here and going, "Well, they snuck by some teams." But at the same time, they're three and zero. They're tied with Weber for the conference title right now, and that's like the different mindset. It was like, but we could be having that conversation, just like we could be having right. a conversation. The Idaho's two and zero, right? But we're not, right? So, I, I think. They're a team that you have to take serious. I think they're this year's team that came out of nowhere. Obviously, like honestly, going forward, whoever gets picked last in the Big Sky Power Rankings, it's on second year. Last year, it was consensus Sac State, and this year, it was consensus Southern Utah. Like Southern Utah, not on pace to be quite have Sac State, but I think most Southern Utah fans would be pretty ecstatic by how their team looks. Because we got some pushback from SAC people. We did not get any pushback from Southern Utah when we said they look like they're going to be bad this year. Um, but the thing is, like, their offense as a whole is pretty dang good. We've already talked on Justin Miller. They've got, I think it's Dwayne Christensen and Jay Green Jr., two guys that kind of split the rock. Both do a very good job. Uh, they've got Landon Meesum and Brandon Shanks out at the wide, wide receiver spots that are, you know, two just – Totally full package guys. They're just that team that like Jay Green and Christensen are not the best two. They're probably not the best five. They're probably not the best 10, but they're probably somewhere between 11 and 15 running backs in the big sky right now. And they have both of them. Like they're same with the wide receivers. They're not Hendricks Johnson. They're not Hayden Hatton. They're not uh, Cottrell Haywood or uh, Taylor Limo Jones, Andrew Boston. You know, there's some other guys uh, Crawford for UC Davis. They're not those guys but they're in the top 15 and they've got two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's worried. And they've got their own very Trey Walker on their team. And hold on, hold on. I'm going to try this. <laughs> Kaho, oh, ha. Kaho, oh, ha, no, ha, yep. no, Davis. And his first name is Laekai. Laekai. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to any of the South Pacific anytime soon. Um, but he's a linebacker who I think leads the league in sacks right now. Also, 
has two carries for them on offense. Like he's he's mm-hmm. their Trey Walker. So I mean, this team almost like we're looking in a mirror mirror image of ourselves. Like no disrespect to our running backs, right? Like I think our running backs are good and I think they're solid, but it's not Josh Davis and it's not Alonzo Gilliam. Like you look at these guys, they're not Alonzo Gilliam and they're not uh, Josh Davis, but they're good. And that's where I'm worried. We have control Haywood and we have uh, Hayden Hatton looking pretty good right now, but well, in the spring right now, maybe, but like when the fall rolls around with Hendricks, Johnson, Sammy, Akem and guys like that, it'll be different, but then you got the Eastern dudes. So I just like, they're there. It's almost like we're looking at a mirror image of our offense. Um, we'll see though, but yeah, I think you can't, you can't roll over on these guys. No, and also they they do have a strength on weakness matchup for us uh, defensively. Now, again, no, we all we're gonna have to throw this asterisk out a thousand times because they haven't played the UC Davis, Weber State, us Eastern. They're they're giving up two point six yards per rush right now, which is best in the league. And even if you're playing a garbage schedule, two point six yards of rush is incredible. Yeah, uh, pass defense they're kind of they're middle of the pack ish, which. I mean that's kind of that's closer to a, a weakness on uh, a potential weakness uh, potential strengths for us because I mean we've certainly had more success moving the ball through the air than on the ground. I mean you know, Dallas talked about uh, there's just, there's just some weird matchups that mm. in my mind point to point to a close game and that's look the two ones he talked about two ones I'm gonna hammer home again uh, Justin Miller seventy two percent completion percentage in three games that is damn good. Uh, especially out of first year guy, that's going to be a challenge for our secondary. And we also do, we saw how our secondary struggled partially with COVID stuff against UC Davis. So real question mark on what level of strength we're going to have our our secondary to bring out against a guy like Justin Miller. Yeah, and it's weird because we're kind of getting a litmus test of our secondary, right? Because you look, Hunter Rodriguez is proving to be one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Sky this off like this spring, and we went up against Eric Berrier who had his worst game against us, and he still had a good game against us. Like, he, since playing Idaho, I mean, he single-handedly beat Idaho State. That's – nobody should argue that point. So, it's like – it's also like, how's our secondary going to do against a quarterback we're unsure of? Um, but, yeah, and I think the interesting thing for me, what I think we need to be worried about is listening to Paul Petrino on KTIK today, uh, yesterday. Um they did not start actual 11-on-11 11 11 practices till Saturday or Sunday, I believe he said. So we're – I mean, the rust versus rest argument, we only got to play two games, really. And we already touched on how the second game, we didn't really have everybody either. So, like, Southern Utah has been rolling now. Uh, they got three games in. And a bye week to actually be rested, but they could fully practice. Like, is that something that's going to – get us, you know? And I think that kind of leads into our next little thing. Like it, it bit us. Should Vandals temper their expectations due to the lingering impacts of the big C? I say absolutely. No, you shouldn't ex- temper expectations about the end result because we're not playing Weber state or Eastern Washington coming off this. I mean, so we still have to be aware that Southern Utah is stronger than we probably thought they were but they're also clearly not a league power or they would be three and O Chris. And it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a three and O just by a couple plays going right. If they're, if they were top of the league, they would have convincing wins against Idaho state and NAU. But yeah, I'm going to temper expectations as in, I think Idaho needs needs to win. And we still need to expect Idaho should win. So if we're in that second tier of the conference, we have to beat solid looking teams too. 
but I don't think this is anywhere near the blowout that we would have thought earlier in the year when in our preview, we were just whole, we were effortlessly writing off SUU as yeah, the Mario Warren doc shit. They haven't won anything for three years, whatever this is to me. This is a oh man. It's almost, a, I mean, it, all of our games are playoff games. If we want to make the playoffs at this point. And this one to me is going to be much closer than I would have thought after that Eastern game. Yeah. Bowman. Yeah. Again, you know, if it, like, like Paul said, they probably they didn't start practice till Saturday or Sunday. If that's the case, that's more practices for this game than they normally get during a normal week. Okay. So normally a normal week is Sunday is older guys do probably t-shirt shorts, watch film, do a little light running and stretching young guys scrimmage, right? Monday off watch film Tuesday, Wednesday, full practice Thursday, half pads, shorter half practice. If they, if they started practicing Saturday or Sunday, I know Paul <laughs> that first day was probably back in full gear. And it was probably treated like he likes to call them extra Tuesdays. So that's one more day of full preparation they got for this game. Um, and and kind of, I broke it down earlier. I, I do think it's a either is a rest versus rest versus rust argument, but I think it, this actually could have helped us because we were making mistakes. And I think this allowed the coaches to go back through, watch a lot of film, and see what those mistakes were. Do a little self scout while at the same time, extra time to prepare. Um, yeah, the Southern Utah team could cause us some problems. I think they've been better um, than, than they expect or than, than everyone else expected except their coaches because that seemed to be what their coaches were spouting off um, preseason, right, from what we had heard. So, again, it's I, 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 the spread's 11. I'm going to tell you right now, the spread's 11. Uh, I, that's a lot of points. I don't know if I like that many points. So – do I think I'm not gonna make my full prediction yet, but that's kind of where I'm going. Yeah, yeah. we had uh, Chris Kwasinski on Big Sky Big Takes, Chris, uh, Southern Utah beat reporter, and he told me when I was talking to him off the camera for scheduling, Southern Utah's coaches expected they'd be 500-ish this year, which I know I laugh, I laughed at when I heard that, but I mean, like Alex said, what we've seen on the field, they're not wrong at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, had they been three and zero. They're obviously going to lose to us, right? So they lose the last two games, 500. But instead, they've got to win uh, two of the last three. But uh, Dallas, what's kind of your thoughts on lingering or you know lowering expectations? I, it's tough. As Boatman was saying, the rest versus rust thing. Uh, there were so many guys out the UC Davis game. Um, I, I don't know if that would have made a difference. I think UC Davis is still a better team than Idaho. I think they still would have ended up winning, but I don't know. It depends on what expectations you're coming in with. Uh, with what we've seen of SUU, I'm expecting this to be a close game, and I would expect that if this was the game following UC Davis or even following Eastern, uh, just from what we know of this team now, um, I I would temper expectations in the fact that I would say Idaho's not going to blow this team out. I think, again, Boatman alluded to an 11-point spread. That's a lot of points. I don't think it's going to be that. Uh, I wouldn't say, well, COVID just ran through the team. Idaho's going to lose because they're going to all be recovering from COVID. That's, I don't think that's realistic to think, but I also don't think it's realistic to say they'll be fine. They're going to blow the doors off of every bad team in the conference. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you just got to temper expectation for this game, not the season. At the end of the day, we expected to win this game. 
So whether it's one of those things, like for people that have been watching my me do the FCS overtime segment where I recap the top 25, I just say you can only beat who they put in front of you. That's it. Like whether this is a one point, we beat Southern Utah on a walk-off field goal. Like at this point, I don't care. I would be – I'm okay at any level just getting out of this game with a win. And that's where my expectation is. I don't expect it to be pretty. I don't expect everything to be clicking. I expect the offense to look probably the worst it's looked all season. Mm. But we should still win it. I haven't I my down. I I I don't I'm not expecting a blowout. Um but that's interesting. <laughs> let's get into the uh well, Chris, we got a follow up we have to ask on that man. If I don't if Idaho's offense looks the worst it has, I mean, we're, all, we're only averaging 22.5 points per game. If oh, I got my prediction ready. Don't worry. I mean, it, well, I know you'll get the prediction, but if, if this is our worst offensive outing, you're, you're talking scoring less than 20. How the heck do we win that? Great defense. I mean, look what we did oh, to Eric great. Berry, and look what you, we did to UC Davis, who just put up, what, 73 points? I mean, it's Scott Pauly. Is Chris is – where's Chris going with this? Huh? I mean, because this – how much – what did we hold Davis to again? What was that score? It's like feels like a month ago. It's 27, but they also only punted twice. Okay. And then Weber hold, held them to 13. So I was trying to do the math on our defense versus Weber's, but Weber still got the edge there. Um, either way, I, I'll i get to it. Uh, it's it's going to be an ugly scoreline. But um, let's have a little fun or sadness. Uh, what should a win over SUU mean for Idaho? A win over SUU means, look, we, we've uh, one of our themes on the show, Chris, one of the themes of this team this year is, you know, are we turning the corner or which corners are we turning? And a win over SUU to me is a version of Idaho establishing itself as we are clearly above a certain class in the conference and what I would call the top half of the conference. I really think right now the cutoff line is Southern Utah. Of If you beat Southern, U- Southern Utah, you are probably – uh, a pretty good game, pretty good team. I'm writing off Northern Arizona because the first week was weird, but with what we've seen out of three weeks with Southern Utah, they're a solid team. If you're a team like Idaho that thinks you are fringe playoff, you have to win the, a game like this. But if we do, then I think that's us essentially having our footprint there. We have wins against two solid teams this year. There's almost no way for Idaho to not be called a pretty a, a pretty good team if we can if we pull off one against Southern Utah, and that's not something we've been able to say in our first two years in the Big Sky. Yeah, Bowman. Yeah, one first a win against Southern Utah um, would say we're, we're back on track. It's, it's right, you know, we're back on the path of of what we need to do uh, the rest of the year if we want to make if we want to have a shot at making the playoffs. Right? It it, it should mean that. Um, like Brian said, this team has separated itself from a certain a certain class, the Big Sky. And I think um, our other two games against other two teams that we hold in lower regard will also will also kind of show that, right? So even if we finish four and two, but we take care of Southern Utah, we take care of Idaho State, we take care of NAU, um, that should kind of show you where this Idaho team kind of falls within the in the hierarchy of, of the Big Sky. Uh, we win this game. Um, I, I if we win this game and we we win it handily, um, then I think we are on the right path to to try to make the playoffs. If it's a close one, then yeah, then I think we should be asking some more questions. Yeah, Dallas, 
Yeah, same thing. Uh, if if Idaho beats SUU, uh, it's it's validation that this team is the team we think it is, that it's in that second tier of it's not Weber, but it's in that UC Davis, Eastern Idaho grouping we've all kind of created that's the second tier of teams competing for a playoff spot. Uh, I would, again, I'd argue that SUU is the best of the bad teams. If Idaho goes out there and beats SUU, it reasons to believe that Idaho is better than probably four other teams in this conference. Puts things on a good good trajectory. Mm-hmm. This hasn't been a very good team in conference the last few years. Uh, a win here, like Boatman was saying, looks at four twos, probably a realistic floor. That's that's progress. That's good. That's a great step forward into the fall. That's that's what a win over this team would mean. Yeah, my 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 take on this is the escape. That's what this means. Um, I'm very concerned about the whole rust factor, just because. We like I said the UC Davis game. We were still shaking off rust and didn't have everybody available, and then we haven't been able to really practice. And you can't do. You can get a little done in the classroom, but I mean, at the end of the day, you just gotta be playing football. So I, I think it's worrisome. I do. I don't want to foreshadow too much to next week, um, but I do find it kind of funny that like we're talking about how Southern Utah is probably the best of the worst. Be at the power rankings right now, have them as the seventh team. And Idaho State is the sixth, so that'll be fun next week. Um, but my other, the other thing with this is not only are you escaping, but you, it doesn't get easier. Like, yeah, Southern Utah is easy. The way that we had to postpone, we are on the road, on the road, on the road to finish. So mm-hmm. it's three straight road games. Talk about it's every game's a playoff. This is your last one at home. Like we kind of joked at senior night, like, mm-hmm. holy smokes, this is uh, it. We are at Pocatello, at Cheney, at Flagstaff. Like, get, this team needs to get rolling, if anything. This game, uh, it's going to be very important to make sure the rust is shaken off by the end of this because I'm not sure if we go too pokey. I don't know what, how we'll do if the, we still rust. If we go to Eastern with rust, we're done. Like, it could get ugly. But um, what would a loss to SUU mean for Idaho? This is where it could get dark, Brian. I mean, when you've played two close games like we have, there's it, it's really hard sometimes to disaggregate how much of those games were close because there were some bad bounces against Idaho, but we still did okay, or how much of it was, yeah, it took some good bounces for Idaho to be, to be close in both those games. I think a loss will... <laughs> Man, a, a loss puts a. This team is a lot closer to both two, to two and zero or zero and two, than uh, you know I feel comfortable with at this point. So a loss to me would say, hey, this even though we had optimism, this is the same Idaho team that last year lost to Northern Colorado and got shut out at Portland State. Mm. Now, I mean, I still think we're better overall, but we're talking about if this program is going to take a step forward there's some developmental things that have to take place, meaning some trends that we've seen over two years that we have to leave behind and losing to teams that are okay, but that are probably less talented than us is a pattern. Idaho's got to get out of. So if, if we lose this game, I guess I'm starting, it makes it harder to read our first two games as bad luck against us, but we still looked okay. It, it makes it much easier to say, holy good Lord, if Eastern Washington's receivers had a clue how to catch a goddamn ball, we're 0-3. Yeah. 
Roman? Yeah, a loss to Southern Utah, um, it'd, be, it'd be devastating. I mean, just flat out. I don't know how else, how else you'd put it. It kind of completely flipped the season upside up on its head, ups on its head for us. Uh, it would be pretty much let's take the Illinois State treatment, pack it in, call the year to COVID. We'll see you in the fall. <laughs> um, but, um, I mean, if we do lose to Southern Utah, I know the coaches will – I know they will probably understand that it's no playoffs. And maybe you have to kind of look at a glass half full kind of thing. Okay, let's start seeing some young guys. Let's let's get some guys some reps. Um, those freshman offensive linemen that, that were forced to start due to COVID against against uh, um, UC Davis. Let's see some more of them. Let's see some more CJ Jordan. You know who do we who do we got? Who came in? Who let's let's start getting guys reps because I think at that point that's how you'd have to treat it, right? Um, that's that's why I'm gonna look at a glass a glass half full scenario. Yeah. Uh, Dallas. Oh boy. I'm going to be the one who goes real dark and negative here. Aren't I? Um, I think a loss to SUU means pack it in for the entire Paul Petrino regime. Uh, a loss Mm. to SUU here means we're in year three of the big sky going to be going into year four here in six months. And we are barely even a mediocre team in this conference. When we all thought moving down from FBS to FCS, we were at least going to contend for championships. If we lose to SUU this week, I think it's there's two and a half seasons of proof that this shit ain't working. Hmm. I, I mean, I respect the take, respect the fire. I absolutely don't think I'm not sure any coach is getting fired from the spring season, but I think Paul loss over SUU coming off COVID. I don't see that now. And I think it tees him up for the argument of the rest of the year, whatever happens, saying, you know, I started McCormick and, you know, the younger dudes and kept the starters healthy as possible. But, I mean, I get what you're saying. I think as, as a and fan me, base, it should let me make clarify. us at least – I'm not saying he's going to get fired. Seat. Yeah. Yeah. But you he's think, not, he's not yeah. going to get fired. I'm just saying the fan base should expect this is it. The, the seat cooled off a little bit over the summer. And yeah. this would be – there should be some tindling getting put back under that seat, getting ready to be let at least. Um, I, I think a loss to Southern Utah is – it shouldn't be surprising, unfortunately. I'm I'm very worried about this game. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. Uh, at the end of the day, if we do lose, congratulations. Southern Utah is eight seconds away from being 4-0. Um, <laughs> but – if it does, I mean, for Idaho, I think it's um, – you do start playing the young guys. I think you keep Beaudry in because Beaudry – I mean, there is draft stock for him in the CFL. I think he would obviously prefer to come – that's not going anywhere. It can only get higher. So I mm-hmm. think he would want to come back in the fall anyways. Um, but I'm sure Petrino's had that conversation with him. And if not, then you put in C.J. Jordan and Nikhil Nair, whoever the next dude's going to be. But – I think the rest, the receivers, the line, you keep Cottrell healthy. At this point, you give Hayden very limited reps so he can keep growing but not get hurt. And I do think you kind of – you you don't toss in the season. I think we could probably still be NAU with a couple of our backups in. Uh, Eastern, no. And I don't think it's worth rolling out our starters against Eastern. Like, uh, let that one be what it be at that point. But um, – yeah, I, I think it would be dark, but I also 
I don't know. It, it, that's a tough question. I don't even want. I don't even want to think about it. So <laughs> uh, let's get into prediction, predictions, though. Um, Mr. Marceau, what do you got for the Idaho Vandals or the T-Birds? I oh man, it's going to be close. I don't feel comfortable picking Idaho to score over thirty because honestly, since we've been in the Big Sky, we've only done that like twice. Uh, so I'm going to say close game. Idaho holds on 27-24. I think we're we will see a positive thing for Idaho is I think we're fine finally not playing like one of two one of the three best teams in the league. There's some margin for error that's we're going to be able to to experience this game that we didn't get to the first couple. We're going to use every bit of it to hold on to a three point win. Uh, Boatman. 31-21 Idaho. I think our offense is – Chris, you said this. You think this is the worst week for our offense? I'm going – this is going to be the best week we've seen from our offense uh, so far. I am going to go 20 – I will go 20 to 12. No, mm. I will – I'll take the 11. I'll, I'll, play, I'll take the push. I'll go 21-10. How's that? Okay. okay. No, no, I like my 20. I don't think we're scoring 21. So I'm going 20, <laughs> 29, 20 to 9. <laughs> Dallas? Uh, 28, 27, Idaho. Okay. And... Perfect. Sorry, what was it, Dallas? 28, 27. I think this game is going to be very, 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 very close. Are you are you calling a nice walk off field goal for us too, or do you think they blow it at the end, Southern Utah? Are you are you not willing to give that kind of prediction? <laughs> I want to know how so I'm, it happens. What I am terribly afraid of is it's twenty eight twenty one. SUU's got a final possession. They go down, score it. They just in my dream they go for two and they don't get it, and it's twenty eight twenty seven. All right, well, so that was not. You're not going to go with the patented Vandal. We're up uh, 20, I don't know, 28 to uh, 10 at halftime. And then we are just clinching for the final five minutes. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say well, I wasn't going with that. <laughs> well, that is Around the Bar brought to you by Hughes River Expeditions. <laughs> Uh, if you are looking for a great all-inclusive week-long vacation, don't look past your backyard. Venture into the largest protected wilderness in the continental United States, located right here in the great state of Idaho. Enjoy a multi-day trip down the Middle Fork of the Salmon, the main Salmon River of No Return, the Salmon River Canyons, or the Selway. And you can even check out special trips like the one to see the Perside Meteor Shower, camp on pristine beaches, run amazing whitewater, hike scenic trails, spot wildlife, soak in beautiful natural hot springs, Taking river all along the river's edge. Oh, and you can fish some of the most remote stretches of river in the entire freaking country. You just bring your clothes and let HRE handle the rest. Hughes River Expedition has been vandal owned and operated since 1976 and ready to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. What are you waiting for? Find out what it's like what it's like to grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the gem state. Call them now at 800 262 1882 or check them out at HughesRiver.com. Like the little jingle I gave on the end of that. Oh, I like we'll that. See if, we'll see if they like it. HughesRiver.com. <laughs> like um, that'll be stuck in someone's head tonight. Uh, <laughs> Probably mine. <laughs> Just laying in bed. HughesRiver.com. All right. Yeah. They got their money's worth out of that one. Uh, watching the TV. 
Last week, oh man, we had so many games to pick from, and I'm so proud of all of us going one and zero, picking UC Davis <laughs> over Cal Poly. <laughs> I, oh. I, believe, I believe the the person that I thought was going to be the closest was Boatman on like flirting with the spread, uh, yeah. and the, it was like what twelve, and they won by like oh, it was, forty yeah, it was, a lot. Was, I mean, it was it was a barn burner, all right, to say the so, least. Obviously, with 1-0, all we've done is tick up one win, and the standings haven't changed a single bit. So, Dallas is 9-1. and one. Uh, I am 8-2. and two. Brian is 7-3. and three. Boatman is 6-4. and four. But he is picking against the spread, so he gets a little... So, well, not an asterisk. You get an exclamation right. point. But don't forget, Chris, so I have some Utah plus 11 this weekend against the Vandals, okay? Okay, that's so that's your that's, actual prediction for the, this. Yes, plus give me give me the Thunderbirds plus eleven. I hope I am wrong. The total is set at forty seven. Do with that as you will. Technically, I'm taking the push, but uh, all right. So we will go into this, and I did the math in my head how we were picking, and it makes no sense for Dallas to pick first because then we can all pick against them to try to catch up. So if you're in the mm. lead, you get to pick last, and if you're in last, you get to pick first. Boatman. Which one? Which game am I picking here? I'm looking at ATS. Oh yeah, sorry. sorry. This is yeah, fun one? part for these games. These games are literally all the what we would call the top four teams, or at least the consistent top yeah, four we've had in the is... power rankings versus the bottom four. First time all eight teams are playing, and ironically, you have the top eight versus the bottom eight, almost mm. in notch order of where those teams rank, which is mm-hmm. hilarious. Um, but we'll start with our pesky neighbors down in Poca Yellow. Uh, Idaho State going down to Davis, California. So Idaho State, 13.5-point underdogs this weekend. I like I like that 13.5 for UC Davis to cover. It gets to 14, 14.5. Let me maybe catch the Bengals with that 13.5. I do like the Aggies. The total is set at 64, but I'm going uh, UC Davis minus 13.5. Brian? You have to go with UC Davis in this game. The intrigue to me is this is kind of a similar version of what we're seeing in Idaho, Southern Utah of a lot of how we're kind of coloring Idaho state is because of how well they hung with Eastern. I think this will let us know like, Hey, did, did Idaho state just get Eastern's worst shot and they still couldn't win or is Idaho state actually okay? Uh, I do think Davis needs to be careful. They should be thinking almost similar to how we're thinking about Southern Utah. Um, but I am I am taking the Aggies. Wait so, a minute, go, let Dallas pick. I have a question before we go to the next game. Sorry, okay. I was gonna say. And Dallas, are you just gonna shock the world and show us that you really know what's up, and you're gonna take the Bengals for the win? No, I'm taking UC Davis here. I do think it'll be somewhat close. Uh, I think this is the same as as SUU Idaho. It's it's that gotcha game that Davis has to be aware of. But you got to go with the Aggies. It's kind of gotcha weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, literally, what I was just—I was looking at. This is trap game written all over it for 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 UC Davis. They go to they go to cheat. I know they host Eastern next week. Kind of a uh, if you guys listen to Pardon My Take, it's a it's a loser leaves town game. It's pretty much um, the loser of that game is knocked out of playoff condition, probably right. But Idaho State has the Vandals next weekend. It's their biggest game of the year. Even though they got for, they get it for Eastern, right? They they get it for Idaho more than anything else. So. I just wanted to preface that um, with, with your with your betting information. So isn't it so interesting? Going, it was 13 and a half. I, I mean, I, ju- I just coined this, but 
gotcha weekend. I mean, other than Weber NAU, Idaho State very well could push Davis. Bo Baldwin homecoming game for Eastern. And then us playing the pass eight seconds away from being 3-0 Southern Utah Thunderbirds. What a frisky, surging weekend this is going to be. Yeah. Very frisky. This is a frisky weekend. It's really it's weird. A frisky weekend. Uh, next up, I kind of just touched on it. NAU yeah. versus Weber. This should be quick. Bowman. Yeah, Weber State minus 22 and a half. Give me all 22 of those. The offense comes out to play in down yeah. in uh, Ogden this weekend. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Mr. Marceau. I, I I don't even know what would make this game interesting. Uh, we, Weber State's gonna gonna walk all Gamb- over Northern Arizona. Gambling will make this interesting, Brian. Let me rephrase that. Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> if, you, uh, if you've got a few bucks, you can lose. Obviously, that's that'll make something interesting. But Northern Northern Arizona, I mean. The, they might not score this weekend. They might I, not. Like right. they, they might. I'm, I mean, I man, <laughs> took my take. <laughs> they're their two quarterback system. They are the, the definition of if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, they might not score. Yeah, I'm going Weber, and well, now I can't say it because Boatman took it. So I'll say Weber's over. Second team defense in. Clock's ticking down. NAU drives down and kicks a field goal just to make sure they don't have zeros on the board. The total is 53, Chris. Over and Weber. Oh, I'm thinking under and Weber. You see, the NAU might not score a touchdown all the I'm game. thinking Weber could put 60 up. Oh, man. Sorry, sorry, Dallas. <laughs> Dallas? No, you're good, man. Weber. It's definitely Weber. I This, yeah. this stinks like a game where Weber's going to have their second team in the entire second half. NAU is going to play that Widener kid and try to see if he's got anything. Maybe he'll lead a scoring drive at the end of the game as their morale points, but Weber's going to absolutely destroy NAU this weekend. Why do I feel like we're going to have no movement? We're all super boring. Uh, Brian, oh, sorry, <laughs> Bo- Boatman, Cal Poly at Eastern. I guess you he's know, freaking spread. So Yeah, I am. So out of four games, right? The spreads are at least 11 for every game. However, we all know that these games can finish weirdly closer for like three or three or two or three of these games than, uh, than it says. Uh, let me find that one again. I think Eastern was a 24-point favorite this weekend against Cal Poly. Ooh, I like that spread. <sighs> I'm, having a, oh. I'm laying chalk, Chris. I'm laying chalk. I, I, I mean – I think it could be weird for the last time we saw I mean, this Eastern team puts up points, as we know, and we know this Cal Poly team get, gives up points, right? <laughs> they give so, away points. <laughs> they, like a team who scored 13 points the previous week, granted, it's against the top five defense in the nation, <laughs> scored 73 the next week, right? So Eastern might put 80 on them. <laughs> so I, I think it's just a. It's going to be points by uh, – it's just going to be spread by just enumeration because there's going to be so many damn points on the board. I don't know how Cal Poly puts up more than 20 themselves. Uh, Brian? I, I need to figure out how to word this because it's cross-sports reference. We all know that basketball scores are supposed to be higher than football scores. Just one might not be. We all know Idaho's men's basketball team had the worst scoring defense in the sorry, we're scoring offense in the league last season. What do you think the gap is 
between Idaho's scoring offense and Cal Poly's scoring defense. Is it over or under seven points, Alex? Over. You are correct. Just barely. Yeah, 53.5 points per game right now is what Cal Poly is allowing. Idaho scored 61 points per game. That's just the weird mix of how bad Cal Poly looks right now. So, yeah, Eastern's going to win, and Eastern might move that number against Cal Poly into less than five in the gap between Idaho men's points per game and East Cal Poly's allowed points per game. But the intrigue, Hunter Rackett saw some snaps last week. Maybe you see some more. For Cal Poly. Mm. See, why I'm a terrible vandal. Well, a great vandal, but also a terrible vandal. Why I do great on big sky, big takes and such things. I'm naturally an underdog. I hate rooting for favorites. I really, really want to take Polly here. But I cannot allow myself to do it. I'm thinking Eastern. <laughs> but I just, I just want to say... Man. I, I got a something that's telling me this one might be spooky. I, mm. I'm not not bold enough to take it. <laughs> but if next week I go, I mean, but you know that's easy when you pick both sides of it. Then you can always claim you're right on one. Uh, hey, Chris, yeah, is Polly giving up more or less than 600 yards a game? More. There's your answer, Chris. I'm going like 603. <laughs> 575. Ooh. Close. All right. So he, how much is Eric Berry going to put up on him this week? He might put up 700. 700. So this is going to be Idaho State, Idaho 2018 all over again. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm setting Jalen Hamlin. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, da, but yeah, I'm not. I'm, don't check me in the loony bin yet. I'm taking Eastern. Dallas? <laughs> I'm taking Eastern, but I do think it's going to be a little bit closer than you guys think it will be. Mm. Uh, Aaron Best, with, Aaron Best coached with Bo Baldwin for 13 years and was his offensive coordinator for nine. So if anybody knows the Eastern offense, it's Bo Baldwin. Um, I don't think he's got the talent to win this game. I don't think he's got the talent to keep this a single-digit game. But I do think he's familiar, familiar enough with the team that it's not going to be a 50-point blowout. So just yeah. like a 28-point blowout. Yeah, just like three, four touchdowns, and it's going to be like a, hey, we tried. Silver medals. And something to keep in perspective, uh, never mind. I thought Idaho State we had ranked number eight the week they took Eastern to the wall, and now Cal Poly is in that spot, but it was the week prior, and then they mm. beat Southern Utah. I was about to say, we had Idaho State last place, and then they snuck up on Eastern, but yeah, this one – like I said, I'm with Dallas. It could get interesting, but I mean, I still think there's no way Eastern loses this one. If they do, man, our strength schedule's out the door. I mean, Southern Utah's our probably best team left on our schedule if they lose to Idaho or uh, Cal Poly, maybe Idaho State. Uh, what is the FCS game you are watching this week? I'll I'll start since I know. Um, Sometimes that can be trickier for some people here. Uh, I am going with Incarnate Word versus oh, Nichols. Man. You can God. still have that game. Oh, it is the. 
All right, well, I'll take uh, – well, No, 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 no take that. You already, started, you already started. Keep it moving. Uh, I'm, Incarnate Word versus Nichols. Uh, interesting game to tune in if you want, ESPN+. Plus. The winner of that game is most likely going to be one of those teams snatching up one of the big skies at largest because the Southland looks to get two because Sam Houston is on fire. So winner of Nichols, Incarnate Word, probably going to the playoffs. Boatman? Nichols, Nichols is favored by seven, by the way, okay? Um I think that's a little interesting. I guess, you know, Chris took one of mine. There's not a lot of great FCS games this weekend, a lot of big spreads. It's it's really not a – I'm going to go – I'm going to go over to the Colonial. We're going to go out to uh, the state of New York, the capital. We're going to go Stony Brook Seawolves versus the Albany Great Danes. What a great bunch of mascots. Um, again, it's kind of one of those things that still I'm still in the hunting mode of which teams – could take a, a playoff spot. Albany's one and two isn't great. Stony Brook's zero and three. Man, actually, why did I pick this game? This game sucks. I don't know why. I'm, I'm gonna re, I'm gonna stop this right here. I'm gonna pivot and I'm gonna go to William and Mary and James Madison. How good are the Dukes? We don't know. We've had COVID issues. They've had more COVID issues than us. I think Virginia has started to allow more fans to stadium, so that changes their game this weekend. Can the William and Mary tribe can? James Madison came up with a streak of like not covering and winning a bunch of close games. And are they overrated? They'll sneak so. out a like 13 point victory over a team they should smoke by 40. But Brian, you got right. a game? Yeah, I do. I'm going to continue my big sky supremacy approach. And I'm also going to mix it with just some of the way that covering our men's team perverted my understanding of sports. Cal Poly versus Eastern and the ratio I'm watching. What is higher? Cal Poly's points or Eastern Washington's drops? Uh, that was I, I was on Big Sky Big Takes last week, but I heard somebody go, Talalimu Jones has all these catches. I'm like, does he have more catches than drops, though? That's the stat I want to hear. Uh, <laughs> Talus, you got a game you're watching uh, that's not the Vandals? Or, or, or are you yeah. sticking to the Vandals? Ooh. Delaware, Rhode Island uh, for the yes. lead in the north side of the CAA. That's the... That's probably the game of the week, honestly. Number eleven versus number eighteen. Uh, I, I know Incarnate Word Nichols is another you know, top twenties matchup, but those are uh, those are probably the two best games this week. As as like Boatman said, yeah. a lot of this is is trash. And Delaware is favored by nine and a half on the road in Kingston, Rhode Island, home of the Rams. Yeah. So that's a, I don't know nine and a half is a lot, but as this Delaware team for real, I think maybe we find that out this weekend. Yep. Um. Well, Dallas, hammer down. Do you got to take, or should we roll in the close in the bar? Let's roll in the close in the bar. I don't have a take. Uh, I, I you, dropped the hot when take. You earlier, yeah, and when you co-host, yeah. you, you don't really get to pent up yeah. all the stuff about these idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, closing the bar brought to you by nobody. Could be you. Let us know. Um, we will be on the – it's the Alumni Association doing it, correct? The – virtual vandal pregame at about 11 15 moscow standard time um so come check it out uh i'll be the only one not in moscow this weekend um so you guys have fun uh hopefully i'll have a new studio next week so that's what i'll be doing so i'll be watching the game because uh i'll be in boise moving um but yeah so make sure you guys check it out i think all four of us are on it boatman are you making it I don't know if I am. I'll be in and around Idaho. We'll see, in Moscow, we'll see. We'll see All if right. I have time. Well, 
hopefully uh, you guys can check it out. It's easy. Uh, we'll have a link down below in this. Also, if you're listening uh, in our description there, we'll probably post it on Twitter a couple times. But, yeah, come check it out. Hang out. It's the Alumni Association. Like, let's go. Nothing better than supporting your you know local school. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I don't even know what to expect from us, so I don't know what to tell you about this. But it should be fun. Uh, good people over there. They've been big supporters of ours for a while, so that's really awesome. So uh, we figured it was kind of fun and uh, kind of an honor to be invited. Um, you guys already know how to find us. I'm just done telling people how to find us. Uh, we will be live about 30 minutes to an hour after the game with these three in Moscow. It could be closer to that hour mark, um, but we will see. Uh, so hope you guys can tune us you know, join us there. If you know any Southern Utah fans, uh, give them a little poke and fun. It's Thunder time. Uh, it's time for the best band in all the land. When was the last time we had a podcast under an hour that wasn't a reaction show? Like Never. year one? Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, let's not, let's let's break the streak, baby. I'm too busy best drafting the Steelers draft. So, <laughs> best band in all the land. Santa Ida plays out. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. Oh. Uh-huh.